let me stop you. Go ahead on. <laughs> John had it right. If you got a, something besides a King James Bible, it's going to read funny tonight. They say that's a. Some say that's a poor translation. I disagree. <clears throat> I say it's the unpolluted translation. Amen. I like what Jack Laster said about it. Yes, the old guy that's arguing, trying to argue about it. He said, "Let get me to heaven." The old boy said, "Well, of course it will." He said, "That's where I'm getting off." Yeah, as far as I'm going. Thank you for letting us come. I'm humbled that you call us to come. I really am. I... Bless you, God. He's been a good God to me. It's going to be a little different tonight. I'm just uh, turn with me to Romans chapter number ten. Thank, thank you, Turning Point Church, Brother Todd, Sister Tina, all your all your kindness, your generosity. Your, it just we could go on and on. The food. I'm going to have to fast for a week. Uh, <clears throat> I'm in Romans chapter 10. I, sometimes I use this entire chapter for this. I'm not going to tonight. I, I'd like to begin in verse 13 if I could. You can stand if you'd like, stretch your legs. I know some of us been up and down, up and down in the floor. We've been a little everywhere tonight, but uh, that's all right. You found Romans 10 and 13, shout amen. Amen. For whosoever. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to have an education. You don't have to have money. Uh, either one of those would rule me out. You didn't have to have those things. You just have to shall call. Now that's required. That's required. That's right. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Period. Can't add anything to that. Says what it means, means what it said. How then, here's where we're going. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? That is, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. They have not all, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Father, I love you. I'm humbled to be here behind this desk tonight, Lord. Just going to try to tell a little story. So God, fill my mouth and guard my tongue. 
Use me for your glory. I have no other purpose to live. When you're through, Lord, with me here, you'll call me home. And, I'll, and you'll call my Lancer. I'm going to step into glory and see you. I thank you for saving us. I thank you for keeping us thus far. I thank you for the call on our lives. I thank you for the privilege to be behind the desk. God, feed your people tonight. Do it for your glory in Jesus' name I ask it. Amen and amen. I think Brother Todd told me there's about ten preachers here tonight. It's not just aimed at the preachers, but it's especially for the preachers. It's aimed at anybody in ministry. If you're here and you're saved tonight, there's an expectation upon you that you would serve the Lord with gladness and, and that you would minister unto people. Amen. We're not all preachers, but we're all ministers of the gospel. Amen. Now, there's I, I could go a lot of directions today. I prayed, I thought, I sought different scripture. I actually studied another place and I, I came right back to this one. Now, it's whosoever will and whosoever shall. But then it's this also. How then shall they call on him? And who they have not believed and how shall they believe in him? And who they have not heard. I'm going to give you three little things to tell you a story. I'll be done. First thing the Lord tells us when He's about to leave and, and, and go off into glory, He says this to us. He said, go ye. That's not a very popular message today, Brother Bobby. Because here's what they say. They say, go James. Or go Todd or John or Gary or Henry or Jimmy. You go. You go. Go. Come on, Come on. But I'm... T- the, the Word teaches us, go ye. We are all ministers in some capacity, and the world is our mission field. So we are instructed by Jesus to go. But we're not only to go, here's what we're going to, supposed to do. We not only go, but we are to sow. Listen, we're not begotten by some television program or some computer or an iPad or pod or whatever. We're not, we are, we, we are begotten by the Word of God. So we are instructed to go and our instruction is to do this, to sow. And what we sow is, is completely dependent on what's going to come up. If, if we sow the right things, the right thing's going to come up. And we sow this Word of God and we do it they say, I am unable to do that. If you can speak, if you can hand out a track, if you can look, you can show the Word. You can show the Word. You can show the Word. Now, that's not wholly dependent upon the preacher's. God expects us as Christians to go. The greatest problem that I have with going is my flesh. 
It's the thing I battle all the time. And, and, and the spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. The flesh, the spirit says go, and the flesh says whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, you've been in church. I'd, I'd be afraid to ask Mike and Teresa how many nights in a row they've been in church because they go every night. And he can't take his shoes off or he could, but I don't know if he can count that far. That's, he, he, he'd have to go way back and borrow up. We'd all be counting. Go. So, and here's what happens when you do that. You know what doesn't return to God void? Amen. His word. You know what will happen? If you sow it, Henry, it'll grow. Amen. Amen. It will grow. Say, well, I I just, I can't do that. I'm incapable of doing that. No, you don't want to do it. Facebook friends. 500 and something people have been watching mostly about every night. So this is not just going to this congregation. There's a lot of people watching right now. Can I tell you, God has instructed you to go, you to sow. And if we do that, you know what will happen? It will grow. Now, it may not grow in the place we anticipated. It may not grow the way we thought. Well, bless God. It may not grow in the way we think it's going to grow. But I guarantee you, this blessed word, the most powerful thing known to the human race today is the holy writ, the word of God. It's the life changer. It's the thing that gets down in us. Glory to God. It's the thing that shows us our sin. We are born. We are begotten. We know it's the word of God that does the work. It's not the preacher. Hey, listen, it's not the sower. It's the word that does the work. Well, heaven and earth pass away, my word won't pass away. Say. It's not going to pass away. Do you believe that, preacher? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And if, I, if it's the eternal thing and I'm hitting it, and I've hid that word in my heart, I'd say I'm in pretty good shape tonight. I'm going to tell you a story real quick. This is not my story. It's a story I read about a boy by the name of O.L. King. O.L. King, done this, uh, hap- this occurred in his life. This is his story. It's not my story. And it happened at the turn of the 20th century. That was a long time ago. Right. Weren't none of us alive back when this story occurred. But here's how it happened. O.L. King was raised on a farm in southern Indiana. He said, if we had it, we grew it or we manufactured it. We had no money. I want our young people to get a hold, young girls, get a hold of this. They had zero money. We don't know. Most of the youth today doesn't know what it means to have zero money. They've always had money. My son Dustin, he doesn't know what it's like to have zero money. He's not been rich, but he's always had some money. So they had zero money. He said, if we want it, we manufacture it or we grew it. If we wanted candy, we made it out of molasses. If we wanted to change a flavor, we had shell bark hickory or sassafras or something like that. We could change the flavor of it. Hey, are we made it out of our own cane sugar? But we made our own candy. 
Candy was a treat. We didn't have those kind of things. You know what? We had no money. But I like what he said about it. He said growing up in that day, he said we were made out of something real. We weren't made out of paint and powder. We were made out of something real. Are you still with me? Oh, well, King said Christmas was a special time to him. And said when, uh, when Christmas time come, it was the only time of the year that they knew that uh, they was going to get a little treat. Stay with me. This will make sense in a minute. And Oel said that his grandmother come from, from, uh, come in for Christmas and they had some relatives that lived in a city and they were people of means. And so they sent a gift box with grandma when she showed up at Christmas time. He said Christmas, they, Christmas morning they couldn't wait. Grandma showed up. They opened the big box and they gave out three things. He said, I've never seen before in my life. They gave us out chocolate. He said, I've never tasted chocolate in my life. And he said, to tell you the truth, I didn't have much of a palate for it. He said, they brought us citrus. I've never had citrus before in my life. And he said, to be honest, I'd rather have a Roman red apple from the old apple being out back than that citrus. I really didn't care for it. He said, but they brought me one thing. He said, they had a coconut in that box. He said, and when, when it come, he said, when they, when they opened that up, he said, when dad broke out the saw and cut the nose off old monkey face, he said, everybody got happy. They poured out the milk. They cracked the coconut. And he said there was enough in the, in, for, in the one coconut, a piece for everybody, all the children, about the size of your thumb. He said, I timidly stuck the piece of coconut to my lips. And he said, when my palate tasted that, he said, I said, yum, yum. That is the best thing I've ever tasted in my life. He preferred it above the apples, above the candy, above the citrus. I've never tasted anything as good in my life as that coconut. He said, I chased the other kids trying to get them to trade me. I'll trade you my chocolate, my orange for that coconut. Nobody would trade. Now get a hold of this. It was the best thing he'd ever had. His flesh said, you've never tasted anything that good. And he was but an eight-year-old boy. He said time went on and all he could talk about was coconut. They went to school. He found a geography book. It had a, it had a big black man in there packing coconuts in a box. And he wanted to know where that place was. They said, that's the tropics. He said, where's the tropics? They said, we don't know, but that's where coconuts come from. He said, that's where I want to go. He told all the kids, said, you've never tasted anything like that. They said, you've never tasted one of them. Oh, yes, I have. And he said, it's the best thing you ever had. And they all started calling him Coconut Boy. Said he's got coconut on the brain. Remember, he's had a piece about the size of his thumb. And it's the best thing he ever had. And all he can think about is that thing about the size of his thumb. 
He said time went by, Christmas passed, Christmas passed again. Now he's 12 years old. His daddy told him, said, you can go spend Christmas with your grandpa. He said, Christmas with grandpa was an adventure. Grandpa had fought in the Civil War. I know I'm in South Carolina. Don't get mad at me. Grandpa fought for the Union. He had a pension. He had big brass buttons on his uniform. He said when he rode the old gray mare up to Grandpa's, he come running out on the porch and said, Come off there, Captain. Tie the horse. Come inside. Warm yourself. He said, I was off the horse inside. And Grandpa said, Sit by the fire. Grandpa pulled out a box of wine sap apples. We grow them on the mountain at home. You know what those are. He's eating the wine sap apple. Grandpa said, have you ever tasted anything better than this? He said, only one time in my life have I ever had anything better than this wine sap apple, Grandpa. He said, what was it? Johnny told him. He said, it was a coconut. Grandpa said, really? Oh, yes. He said, Grandpa, nothing is as good as that coconut. Grandpa said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to town tonight. And he said, I'm going to take your two uncles who was about the same age as O.L. said, we're going to take the two uncles and you and we're going to town tonight. And he said, Grandpa stood up, pulled out his change purse. And he said, he gave him a brand new shiny dime. Now, to, today a kid wouldn't bend, bend over and pick a dime up in the parking lot. I seen a girl sweet whiz in a restaurant the other night. I seen her sweep pennies up off the floor and toss them. This boy had a shiny dime. He said, a boy my age, 12 years old, I've got a dime. I've never had this much money. What am I going to do? And Grandpa says, we're going to town where there was three general stores, a drug store, I think they said a post office, and a train station. Metropolitan area. He said, but to a boy who had never seen anything but a number two kerosene burner when we topped the hill and town was lit, he said, it was oh happy day. I've never seen anything like this and I've got a dime in my pocket. <laughs> what am I going to do with this dime? Am I going to buy mother something? Am I going to buy dad something? Maybe I'll buy something for mom and dad. I've got a dime. Yeah. Remember, we're talking about Turn of the 20th century, 1900. A different time. He said, I get out of the wagon. I start across the street. I look in the window. He said, the first general store I look to, laying in the floor, is a coconut. And it's priced 10 cents. I've got the money. The thing my flesh desires more than anything else is laying right there. All I've got to do is go through the door and buy it. He said he was thinking, I've got to get in there and buy this thing before somebody else gets it. He said, but I took a hold of the handle. And when I did, the voice that speaks to conscience said, don't buy the coconut. If I've ever heard a description of the Holy Spirit, any better, I don't remember it. It is the voice that speaks to conscience. Said, do not buy the coconut. He said, I argued within myself. 
Why am I not going in? I've got the dime. The coconut is right there. I, I can buy it. Have the I can have all I want. Don't buy the coconut. He said, I let go of the handle. I start down the street. I'm thinking, why is my conscience telling me not to buy the coconut? He said, I go across the street. He said, in the window, there's New Testaments. Red back, New Testaments. Guess how much? Ten cents. He said, the voice that speaks to conscience said, buy the testament. He said, I'm thinking, I got a brand new Bible for my birthday. I don't need another testament. But the voice that speaks to conscience said, buy the testament. He said, I went in. The man behind the counter said, young man, can I help you? He said, I reckon I'll be having me one of them red testaments right there. He said he took it off the shelf and began to wrap it up. And he said, son, I think you've bought the best gift in this store. Can I tell you, if there's ever been anything sweeter, I've never tasted it. If there's ever been anything stronger, I've never felt it. You find something better than that, you let me know because I won't believe you. Hey, I've tasted it and I know. He bought the best gift in the building that night when he spent his only dime on a brand new testament. He said, I put it in my pocket. And he said, by this time, I was feeling pretty good. I had overcome the flesh. I had listened to the voice that speaks to conscience. And he said, I was walking out of the store and somebody pelted me with a snowball. Said, I looked down the street. There stood a blonde-headed boy. Said, his hair was sticking up through his hat. Said, the knees was out of his overalls and his old coat was ragged. I thought, bless God. That was me. That was me. Toe-headed boy. Ragged clothes. Needing some help. He said he walked over to him and the boy thought he was ready to fight. And he said, hey, said, uh, where are you from? And he, when he spoke to him, he said, the boy said, well, you're country like I am. He said, you come to see the fireworks, the boy with the, uh, the, the old hat and the ragged clothes. And, and O.L. King said, no, said, I didn't know anything about the fireworks. Said, it's Christmas. And said, my grandpa brought me to to shop here. And uh, that boy said, oh, he said, oh, well, ask him, said, you know why we celebrate Christmas? He said, no, I don't know. He said, you know whose birthday it is? He said, I don't know. He said, it's Jesus' birthday. He said, who's Jesus? And he said, the voice that speaks to conscience said, give him the testament. He said, I asked the young man, said, can you read? He said, no. He said, can your daddy read? He said, no, my daddy can't read either. He said, but my mama's a good reader. He said, I pulled out the testament and I put it in his hand. 
I've said this book's going to tell you about shepherds and a hillside and a, and a, and a baby that was born and he grew into a man and he can make blind people see and he can make crippled people walk and, and he can do miracles. And this boy said, where did you, where do you find? He said, it's all in that book. Said he pulled that book, put that book in his pocket, took a pen out, pinned his book up. He said, oh, I'll make sure now that it gets home safe. Said he started to walk away and said, the young boy said, said with a trembling voice, he said, I'm sorry I pelted you with a snowball. He said, oh, it's all in Christmas fun. He said, and I walked away and he said, I was feeling pretty good that I'd overcome the fleshly desire by listening to the voice that Amen. speaks Amen. to conscience. He got in the wagon. His two uncles is about the same age as him. Said, what would you spend your dime on? He said, I'm not telling you. They said, oh, come on. You lost your dime. He said, I didn't lose it. What would you spend it on? He said, to this day, unless they've read this book, they don't know what I spent my dime on. <laughs> said, we went to Grandpa's, woke up the next day's Christmas. Grandpa had candy stuffed in stockings. He had us a, he had us a piece of peppermint. We had a little gift or two. And he took us hunting and said, it's a good day. I got saddled old gray mare and rode back home. He said, and time ticked on. He said the Lord came by and he'd done all this before he was saved. He said time ticked on, Brother James, and said, said he got up about 15 years old and he fell under conviction and said, I got Holy Ghost born again. And uh, I think he was a Nazarene. He said, I got sanctified at the same time. <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, and I started telling people, he said, I started exhorting or preaching or whatever you want to call it. He said, it wasn't very good, but I was trying my best at it. And he said, somebody called me and said, I was up about 17 years old. They said, hey, said the old circuit rider can't make it up here to a little meeting. And would you go fill in for him? And he said, well, I'll do the best I can. He said, I put my Bible on the saddle and said, rode up there to the old place and said, when I got off, it is an old abandoned schoolhouse and said, they'd turned it into a church. There's more bullet holes in the ceiling than there was anything else. He said, tobacco juice all over, stained all over the floor. He said, it's a rough place. He said, I went in. I began to exhort, try to preach. And he said, it's a rough crowd. So they just sat there looking at me. Sound like some churches I preached in. He said, I couldn't get much uh, out of the congregation that night. said, finally, he said, I looked around and he said, the voice that speaks to conscience said, ask them to see their Bibles. He said, before I close the service tonight, is there anybody in here? How many Bibles do we have in the house of God? He said, over in the amen corner, they had three. And he said, he looked out over the congregation. There's one over here. One over here, but back toward the back was a shiny faced boy with bright blonde hair. It said he held up a little Red Testament. It said that spirit, that voice that speaks to conscience said, There's the price of your coconut. He said, I dismissed as quick as I could, and I caught the boy before he got out of the building. And I said, Son, I said, can you tell me where you got that testament? He said, sir. said, there's a story goes with this testament. He said, would you tell it to me? 
He said, I wouldn't trade this testament for the biggest farm in the county. He said, one night I was in town at Christmas Eve. And said, there's a boy come out of the store and said, I hit him with a snowball. Said, he walked over and he gave me this testament. He said, and I took it home. He said, and I got home with this testament. I said, Mama, there's a boy give me this book tonight. And he said, these stories in here about blind men that can see and crippled men that can walk. Would you read this book to us? Said, Mama, read that book till daylight. Said, Mama, said, it turned into an everyday event. Mama reading that book and we were sitting around listening. Said one day Mama was reading that book and Daddy heard it and said Daddy just fell in the floor and went to talking to somebody we couldn't see. Said in a minute Daddy jumped up began to shout and clap his hands and said blessed be, blessed be it's true, it's true he's the king, he's the king. Said it wasn't but a week or two later. My mama's reading that book to us again. Said mama fell out on the floor. and Said she's talking to that same one you can't see. Said she jumped up kissing the book. Kissing daddy. Kissing me. Said glory be, glory be, glory be. He's mine and I'm his. He said in the end. He said I heard the words in that book. He said, preacher, because of this book, this meeting's taking place tonight. See, people started coming around and mama's reading that book. Oh, if they'd just come. John, if they'd just look at your book. If they'd just come. If they'd just read. If they'd just listen. If they just hear, faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. He said this entire community's been changed because of that testament. Oh, word of God. I'm telling you, it'll change our land. That blessed book's still able. It'll do the work. It's the word of God. He said, I asked him, son, would you recognize the man that brought you the book? He said, no. said, he is a, probably a young teenager. And he said, I was but a lad. He said, he's bound to be grown by now. I don't know if I'd ever recognize him. said, he got right up in his face and said, look real close. And see if you see the man. And said, he's staring at him. And he said this, glory to God, I'm about to have a fit. He said, you're the man because I recognize the scar. (laughs) (laughs) You're the man. He said the church was pretty much dismissive at this time. Said he picked him up, threw him over his shoulder, said, come see the man that brought us the book. He said, 
the hallelujahs rolled and the glory fell. He said, it is early morning before we got out of church. Why? Because they wanted to talk to the man that had brought them the book. He said he left that meeting the next day and he said, I never know, knew again if I'd ever see those people. But he was, says, I was so glad that I listened to the voice Amen. that speaks to conscience. Amen. He said, my ministry began to flourish. I won't go through it all. He went to school. He was he, he, he was educated. He, he began to learn and began to preach. And God gave him a wonderful ministry. He met him a wonderful wife and married her. But I'll fast forward right here and I'll be done. He said, but it's about 20 years later. And they called him to be a missionary. Amen. Guess where he's going? He said, 20 years later, I found myself sitting in a wagon, backed under a coconut palm tree in a glade of about 20 acres. He said, and a little boy up that tree, throwing coconuts down until I finally had to say, we don't need any more coconuts. I think that'll be a plenty. He said, because I listened to the voice that speaks to conscience, he said, God took that word. And that thing that I thought I wanted most of all, he had laid up for me later. He could have had one coconut, but down the road, God's got him a wagon load. Can I tell you tonight, preacher, when the devil says quit, just keep sowing that word. You don't know what the price of your coconut is. You just keep sowing the word. One of these days in glory, I'm going to back up under the tree of life. <laughs> and I'm going to feed forevermore. Can I ask you tonight? What's the price of your coconut? Can I suggest that we listen to the voice that speaks to conscience? Because what we think we want so bad right now, down the road, Brother James. You just sow that thing. Enter in, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I said, go. You said, okay. I said, so. You said, okay. You can't do the growing. He's got to do that. You just do the sowing. You know what? One of these days, he's going to back you underneath that thing that you wanted so bad. Hey, delight thyself also in the Lord. He'll give thee the desires of thy heart. Hallelujah. Hey, what's the price of your coconut tonight? Huh. I'm not being I'm not being ugly or try, I'm trying not to be too abrasive. Thank you. 
But I'm telling you, when you love you, there ain't no trouble to come to meeting five nights in a row. See what it is. The voice of conscience has said, you need to go. Can I confess? I've been in meeting about five weeks in a row. I got tired. And I'm not singing and preaching every night. I'm just preaching. It come on Friday night. My wife said, she's just getting in the door. She's just walking in the door. I got my suit on. I'm leaving again. She said, you leaving again? You're not going to stay home one night? I said, I told him I'd come. I'm not bragging myself. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go. I was tired. I said, but I told him I'd go. I walked in that place and said, John, I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost comes. He said, you might have been tired when you got here, but you're going to be feeling good when you leave. Oh, glory. What's the price of your coconut tonight? Can I suggest? Mike and Teresa's coming. Can I suggest tonight? Can I suggest tonight that you listen to the voice Amen. that speaks to conscience? Yes, sir. And if he's telling you, pray, sow, go, hoe, whatever it is, yeah. can I tell you, may I encourage you? You may not understand it. You may say, you may say, yeah, but it, nothing wrong with a coconut. One thing wrong with the coconut. That's right. Amen. But if we walk in the Spirit, we'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I'm telling you, the spiritual man is the eternal man. Yeah. Yes, sir. Praise God. Where are you tonight? Maybe you need help in some area. We're going to stand to our feet. They're going to sing. And you are welcome to come tonight and talk to your Father. If you don't know Him, why don't you come and be saved while we sing? Seed you've sold. God knows it tonight.
to the voice that speaks to conscience. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your time, your attention, for, for making it easy preaching this week. You can make it easier or hard. Thank you, Brother Todd. Love you all. God bless you. Come on. Amen. <clears throat> Thank you so much. What a message. First time I'd heard it. I know he had preached it around, but... Uh, the price of a coconut. Wow, what a message. If that didn't bless your heart, you need to get saved tonight. <clears throat> I'm going to ask these men of God, Preacher Mike, Preacher Mike, <laughs> go, to their, uh, go to the lobby back there and speak to them as you leave. Uh, they'll be back with us next year, the third full week, starting the third Sunday in September. As we kick off our Jubilee next year, the third Sunday in March, we will have our old-fashioned revival starting the third Sunday in March and running that week. Brother Wesley Campbell will be here Sunday morning, Sunday night, 
Thursday and Friday. Dr. Joe Arthur will be here Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And uh, it was going to be a good time. The Parsons will be here singing for us that week. And the Joy Ayers will be here on that Sunday. And uh, we're going to have a good time in the Lord. So you be praying about those things. The people that wanted help this week got some help. I did. Do pray for us uh, tomorrow. Uh, Preacher Wesley Campbell will be filling in for me Sunday morning and Sunday night. But I hope to be back in the saddle, Lord willing, by Wednesday. But uh, you pray and ask the Lord to help us. We're going to dismiss this meeting in prayer tonight. And I hope you take a little bit of what you've got this week back home with you. Or back to your place of abode. Or, uh, I hope it encourages you and helps you. This is what it's for. For you that travel long distances. We've had people from Ohio, Georgia, North Carolina, Tennessee, Florida drop in. Chesney. <laughs> had people from Chesney. Amen. Una. Had people from Una all week. But uh, I tell you what, it's been a wonderful week. I'm going to ask my friend, Brother John Morrell, to dismiss us in prayer. Ask God to bless us and bring us back the next appointed time. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, dear God, it's in the lovely name of Jesus, Lord, we come boldly to the throne of grace once again tonight, dear God. Thank you, dear Lord, for your many blessings, Lord, and we thank you for this time that we've had, dear God. Lord, and if there's someone here lost and undone without you, Lord, we hope and pray, dear God, that they'll get it right before they leave this church. Lord, touch the preachers in a special way, Lord. I love them so much, dear God. Lord, bless them in a special way as they go to and fro. Lord, give them traveling grace as they go home. Lord, bless each and everything we undertake to do. Lord, we're going to give you the praise, honor, and the glory. Lord, bless us until the next appointed hour. For it's in Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Stop by the Blanton's table and get one of everything. Drop them a donation in the box. Buy you a Bible. They're very nice. And also the pillows that are for sale for $15 all go to families with kids with cancer, okay? God bless you.